What's up, y'all? It's Will with Schedulefly, and uh, I have Ray Villeman on the phone today, and I'm really glad that I have Ray on the phone because, first of all, I like Ray a lot, and I've known him for a while. He's been a customer for a while. He's been um, somebody who's been very supportive of what we do for a long time. He's been in the industry for a long time, and I have a lot of respect for his experience. Learned a lot from him. He's been on the podcast before. We've had conversations uh, you know, off the podcast before, and he's always been kind to check in and you know just check in on our business which is always you know if you're in a business you know that's that's always appreciated so uh ray's out in tahoe um it's a town called Truckee, but we'll say lake tahoe california and uh owns multiple restaurants out there that have done very very well he's had a lot of different roles in the industry for a long time and uh I, dude i'm i always enjoy speaking with you ray and i always learn something so thank you absolutely glad to be here yeah, man. Yeah. So odd, odd circumstances. But uh, as I said, you know, before we started recording, I always look for silver linings and things I know you do. And I mean, I'll say that personally, the silver lining for uh, for me has been that I really, really enjoy doing these podcasts. I always have. Um, I'm getting to do multiple podcasts a day now versus, you know, hopefully multiple in a month. So uh, people seem to have a little bit more time on their hands right now. So, um, well, tell me about your places and what y'all are doing. I always like to find out, are people doing takeout or delivery or both or closed altogether? So we are situated in uh, ski resort towns all around Lake Tahoe. And we're at the base of these ski mountains. So when the ski resorts shut down, we tried takeout for a little bit, but essentially our target customer are the tourists and so when those dried up we uh, shut down completely gotcha okay and do you um how many locations do you have remind me we have we have four full service restaurants four full service okay now did you go through the ppp process we did we were first in line oh okay have you already gotten funding we have received our funding Thankfully. Oh, congrats, man. Uh, that's good. Did you, okay. Uh, what bank did you work with? So originally I've been with, um, Bank of America and Wells Fargo for over 20 years and neither of them really had their act together. Mm. So I pivoted and went to a smaller bank out of Nevada because, uh, Lake Tahoe splits between Nevada and California and we went with Nevada State Bank, and we were one of the first groups funded that I know of. Well, there you go. I always like to ask, good job, Nevada State Bank. Uh, you know, I've been asking that a lot, and it's, it's I mean, i got to tell you, the community banks are really shining uh, through this process. Their value proposition is highlighted significantly, I think, in a time like this uh, because yep. of the ability to be nimble and be quick and be personable and uh, – you know, all the efficiencies and scales of, the, of these large banks, you know, and this is where that becomes a problem. Uh, yeah. and so, well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that y'all got the funding. Now, tell me, tell me what you think about it in terms of you got this funding, you got to use 75% of it on payroll, and you got to do it within the next two months, uh, but you're not open. So how does that work? Correct. So <clears throat> we've done quite a bit of analysis on this. And, you know, I think it's important for all restaurants to uh, take their individual situation. But uh, big picture for us is uh, our group 
you know, is, is four restaurants with 400 employees. So, so it's, I take it very personally. This time has been very challenging in the respect that uh, it feels like I have 400 kids or children that I got to take care of. And so really thinking through how this PPP money gets allocated is important. And uh, it's something we're working on every day, to be honest. But uh, where we're at right now is we're going to we're planning on taking care of uh, the most critical uh, staff members, those in need. The priority is keeping the management team together, obviously, so that when we reopen, we're not starting from scratch. Um, however, that also involves a lot of hourly. So the question becomes, how do you pick the hourly? And uh, you have to anticipate, at least for me, I'm, I'm modeling and projecting out that we are going to open back up somewhere between 40 and 50% of our uh, original sales from, let's say, compared compared to last year's sales. So when you drop in that kind of volume, obviously we're not going to need all our employees. So those are the hard decisions of who gets laid off, who's coming back, and who do we bring on as sales increase. So right now the plan is to take part of the PPP money and uh, establish a revenue stream for the core team that's returning. And let's say, Will, that we only go through 50% of the money. We need to allocate the remaining funds, convert it to the loan. We don't mind paying back that loan. It's a very cheap loan and uh, making sure we sustain those early months, you know, the first three, four months, getting back on our feet uh, in anticipating potential losses. Uh, That's the scary part through this whole thing. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting, trying to model this has got to be, it's almost, I mean, you just kind of have to make some assumptions and and hope. I mean, it's the... Right. It is, it is a very cloudy future where you could model something and be way off in a good or a bad way um, because right. we just right. don't know so much where we, you know, we kind of kind of could, you know, make reasonable assumptions in the past. Now it's just like, wow, um, very well, hard to do. What, what, what you do know as a restaurant operator is – uh, roughly, if you ask around, I'm getting uh, takeout and delivery numbers during during this crisis of anywhere from 25 to, let's say, 35% of former sales, former revenue. And so you want to try to, you know, ask yourself, okay, if our area reopens with a restriction of 50%, you know, space uh, occupancy, and, and they want spacing amongst all guests. Uh, you know, I'm hoping we end up with a number around, you know, 40 to 50 percent of our former volume. And so, what's critical for restaurant operators, in my opinion, is to staff according to those best best case assumptions, but be flexible because you have to manage your labor. Uh, when you reopen, it's critical. 
Oh, very critical for sure. Um, yeah, that's a good, I mean, it sounds like a, I mean, best way you could possibly plan it. Um, I mean, you're in a unique situation too, because who, you know, ski resorts, I mean, of course in the spring, I'm assuming that people are there doing a lot of mountain biking and hiking and all kinds of other activities typically. Um, Correct. gosh, Correct. I, I kind of, well, I would hedge that a lot of people are really going to want to do that stuff when we've been so kind of, you know, closed in and shut off for so long. Um, but correct. Uh, I mean, just to give, uh, put a little perspective. We, we are seasonal, but, uh, before the shutdown, we almost became uh, year round. I mean, we we're very close to year round and, uh, our restaurants average, um, above 4 million each location so even though it's seasonal we get slammed so the big question is are we going to continue to get slammed in the future because our restaurants were very crowded in the happening place and now with social distancing there's concerns that people are going to stay away from the crowded spots yeah that's the thing like who it's just we just don't know that the 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 psychological scar is going to be an individual thing um yes what, and, and the percentage of people is the real question mark because I, I don't know about you and your family will but um as i ask around hey who's gonna who's gonna jump back into dining out um I get a very strong percentage of uh, pent-up demand, let's say. And uh, I do believe there's that, you know, some number, 20%, let's say, that are going to be continue to be very cautious and maintain some of the uh, social distancing habits that they've developed currently. But uh, a big response has said, we're we can't wait to get back to normal and we're not going to live in fear and we're, we're still going to go out. I don't know if that's what you've heard. I think that's generally right, man. And, you know, and, and I mean, look, a lot of young people, I, I believe are, they already feel a little bit more invincible and, and they are, I guess in some degrees, because they seem to be much less susceptible to the, you know, potential for serious negative consequences of, of contracting this. Um, the one thing I think about with a place like yours too, I just I really wonder if if you're going to see in small towns and places, you know, ski resort towns and small beach town, like are people going to start moving there more and more because the it's very clear that in very very densely populated areas they're having a lot more problems with this. Um, so I wonder if there could be a long-term sort of demographic uh, trend that you know puts more natural customers in your backyard. Who knows? But. We, yes, we've been seeing that trend over the last five years, I would okay, say. Okay, it's already it's happening, very, so it may yeah. accelerate. Very definite. Yeah, a lot of people are thinking about that right now. And, you know, the people are realizing, you know, I think employers and employees of a lot of uh, – you know, particularly out there, Silicon Valley, but you know, there's a lot, I mean, we're in this boat, but we were already in this boat, which is, you know, we, we, we operate this business remotely. We don't have an office. Um, and you know, we're, we're scattered around and we, I could live anywhere, literally, um, does not matter as long as I've got internet access and a phone really doesn't matter. And a lot more people 
I believe are getting into that situation. So there may be a lot more folks that say, you know, well, now that I can, now that I realize I can, I've always thought I could. I never really had the time to truly address it. I've always wanted to live in Truckee. Maybe I'll move there. <laughs> you know, like, you may have a lot of that. I don't know. I'd like to live in Truckee, but you know, we're 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 locked and loaded here. But we're actually moving south of. Um, this had nothing to do with this. It's already in place. I'm more excited about this now than ever. We're moving uh, outside of Charlotte to a little town called Waxhaw, south of Charlotte, on uh, uh, a, a decent amount of land. So we're super thrilled about that right now, even more than more than we were. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we just closed on Monday. It's been an interesting process. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, um, so Ray, what what have you done? What have you and your team done to now that you? sort of have the time and and can use the time effectively what have you all done to turn over every stone in the business and think through you know not just the model but what what about the business may may change for the better because of this correct uh yes we've done quite a few uh planning meetings because <clears throat> we have to come out of this uh uh willing to adapt and our number one uh focus is reestablishing trust between us and our staff mm. and uh and the guests so there's two components one you want to make sure our team members are staying healthy working in a, a sanitary environment and uh, projecting that out to the guest and two, there's going to be requirements on operators by local governments uh, to maintain new standards. Uh, not sure for how long, but especially coming out of the gate when we reopen. So as it relates to the staff, we're examining and talking with many other restaurants because uh, I think it's very healthy to brainstorm and and. Uh, hear and understand what's going on elsewhere but um, we're we're looking at everything from kitchen staff 100 percent wearing masks um we're discussing um you know sanitation uh, sanitizer uh, dispensers prevalent throughout the restaurant we've uh we're looking at um the table distribution. So how, how do we spread out the dining room more? Uh, from the guest perspective, we want to potentially offer up uh, sanitary wipes upon entry. Uh, obviously, there's going to be uh, delineation of how far people need to be standing apart. Um, you know, we're, we're a hotspot, so it's going to be quite the challenge. Um, my hope is after a month into it, things are starting to relax when we know uh, people people are less fearful, but definitely looking at a lot of operational changes. I hear you. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, are there any, anything else that, that uh, I mean, we all know, you know, I don't, I like to try to focus on these things on, on any, you know, any silver linings, any positives, any, good things that may come from this because you know, we're living the, the bad stuff every day, uh, facing it daily. What else have you realized personally, professionally, um, that this has kind of 
you know, giving you the time or, or, or forced you to think about things that in a different way and maybe some positives that may, may come out of this? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think it's always healthy to reinvent yourself. Um, I mean, we're looking at every possible scenario, Will, for becoming a different kind of operator, and, and the staff is very energized. Uh, I'll give you an example. There's there's technology that re, that are in restaurants today <clears throat> where you can order from the table, so we can we can now start to discuss and look at okay, do we increase our level of technology right now when the guest is almost uh, asking for greater technology to keep the distance from staff to guests? Um, so, you know, we're seeing tablets at the table. We're seeing these little pods that call your server over. Um, you know, it, it's a good time to examine whether or not these fit in your operation or if you have to mix full service with fast casual, in other words, um, you know, should a full service restaurant reopen with partial service? Uh, you can you can use hosts, but uh, uh, ultimately the guest is ordering from either a cashier or a tablet. So, you know, we're we're trying to figure it out and. We might take some risks right now that we normally might not have taken because, quite frankly, life was really good before this all happened, and we didn't need to challenge ourselves. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, um, it's it's tough to find the positives, but given the circumstances, you don't have a choice, and... I kind of have a feeling that a lot of businesses are going to look at this, you know, a couple, two, three, four, five years down the road and say, that really was hard at the time, but boy, it benefited us long-term for these reasons. Could yeah. be wrong about yeah. that. Now, some are, some are going to close because of this, and I'm very aware of that, and that's very unfortunate. It's not, there's nothing real positive about that. Um, but this is an unfortunate, you know, there's always a risk with business. That's the thing, you know, I've talked to my family about that too. You know, hey, if, you, if you're in business, you, you know, it's not always roses. Uh, there are risks and there are unforeseeable risks. And, and you know, this is one of we're, them. We're already seeing it. And I would imagine you guys could see it firsthand with the number of restaurants that have informed you guys they, they can't continue, Correct. Yeah, you know, it's been interesting. It's a good question. We've seen fewer that have closed for good than we anticipated at this point. Now, that's the big question is what because a lot of them Ray have called and said we're, you know, we're closed. We can't uh keep our doors open for the time being. We're not doing takeout, we're not doing delivery. You know, we're we're not using can we not pay you for a while and if there's if they're saying that and they can't you know we're saying okay no problem we'll turn off your billing for now um we are actually letting people continue to use the communication aspect because we want we don't want people to not have an easy way to communicate with their teams and keep their teams engaged and keep them updated and even for just for mental health reasons but that's been a pretty significant number i don't even know what percent uh 
But I got to tell you, man, you and I have talked about this. I mean, you know a lot about our business and how we're structured. This is where being self-funded and not having some significant investment that we're trying to, you know, run through to grow fast and hire on. And, you know, we're not having to lay anybody off. You know, we're not having to have, I mean, we're, we're, we're here and we're good and, you know, we'll, we'll be around. And, uh, I'm, you know, couldn't be more thankful. All of us couldn't be more thankful. We That's always awesome. have been, but I mean, this is a time where we're going, thank goodness. Uh, you know, we kept things simple and who knows? I mean, I, I won't name any other companies in our space, but I will say we've, we've gotten, what we thought may happen, but we weren't sure, but it's certainly starting to prove itself out, which is that we're getting calls from people saying, you know, I've been paying for all this other stuff and I'm paying three or four times what your fees are. And I've got all these bells and whistles. I, I, I don't need them. Right. I just need something simple and basic. So I think for those folks, right. you know, we're, we're, in, we're in good shape. Um, we've always kind of known our place and we're, we're staying in that place. So, you know, well, it'll be well, interesting. I will tell you, we, uh, we use schedule fly on a very frequent basis. It's amazing to be able to communicate with all 400 of our team members during this crisis. And, uh, I love the simplicity, uh, man, my management team loves it. So, uh, you know, we're definitely, uh, continuing forward and, and we appreciate you guys. Well, we appreciate y'all. We love y'all. We're, we're so thankful for Wes and I were just talking about this yesterday. Um, We've never been more proud uh, and more thankful and more humble to serve independent restaurants. I mean, it's it's an industry we've always loved, and we've always tried to uh, take great care of the people we serve. But, you know, it just highlights even more right now the value of independent restaurants and the communities they serve. And I think that, you know, a lot of people are thinking about that, Ray. I mean, I, I'm sure you've had these conversations. I've certainly had conversations with my friends, my family, people that – you know, they always hear me go on and on about how great independent restaurants are, but they're not directly connected. So they're like, okay, yeah, Will loves independent restaurants. That's who his company serves. And, you know, that those guys are great. But now they're going, God, you're right, man. I, I sure don't want XYZ restaurant down the street to close. What do I do? You know, and they're, they're getting takeout. They're getting delivery. They're buying gift cards. Up, you know, they're, you really realize because independent restaurants, you know, the money stays local. Uh, and they provide this really awesome place for us to go and and hang out and get warm, thoughtful, intentional hospitality and delicious food and drinks. And um, you start to really recognize, and that's not just restaurants. It's just, you know, your, your local small business. I mean, people are really thinking a lot about that now and trying to support these folks. And I think that on the other side of this, there'll be a lot that, you know, that can make it through that will benefit a lot because people are reassessing who they do business with where you may not have really paid attention to it in the past. You just kind of do business with whatever's convenient and you know, you're running through life real fast. Now people are being forced to stop and slow down and think about those things. And so y'all may be the beneficiaries of that. And, and, you know, long-term for the ones that are able to make it through this. Hopefully. I mean, that's the thinking and I think you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm can't wait to, just be able to go grab a coffee and a pastry at the local cafe and sit down with a friend. Amen. God, I know. I mean, the, <laughs> having having a coffee or a drink over Zoom is, you know, it has its place right now. But it is, it is nothing like being there with the person eye to eye, face to face. So, um, absolutely. Are you seeing restaurants uh, 
opportunity to come together and, and discuss these these uh, challenges out, out in your area. Oh, for sure. Yes, they're 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 like you said. They're collaborating. They're having conversations. Uh, they're working together. They're sharing ideas. I gotta tell you, man. If you haven't been listening to the to this this series, this onward series, start start checking it out because, uh, like you're, you know, we'll wrap this up here in a minute. You know, all these episodes are like 20, 30 minutes long, and I had somebody that texted me today, a customer that texted me today. He started listening like a couple days ago. He's like, he said, "Will, I've gotten one unique idea from every single episode I've listened to so far, which is really that that meant a lot to us at Schedule Fly because that's that's good if we're able to, you know." If we're able to engage an audience and, and our customers are sharing ideas that are, I mean, and he, he was talking about specific actionable ideas, man, yes, couldn't be any, any happier than that. Yeah. So hopefully well, we're I helping with that. My, my quick two cents then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've left a lot of good. Yeah, no, for sure. Anything else you want to rap about? Well, um, kind of top the list for us right now is, completing our reopening checklist so okay what what are the we must have a list of 25 actionable items everything from um firing up equipment double checking refrigeration all all the details of of your facility um you've got to submit your vendor orders your initial orders well in advance we're talking a couple weeks in advance to when you're going to reopen because the supply chain has been disrupted so so badly right now Mm. and you know your menu might have to be reduced the first couple weeks until everybody gets back online so that that's huge um constant communication with your landlord to try to work through uh, something that's fair and equitable for both parties. Uh, Everybody needs to share in the pain. And uh, remember, these are long-lasting relationships. You don't want to burn bridges or start fighting in the midst of uh, this crisis. You want calm heads to prevail. And that that can be challenging. I know I've been challenged by it. You catch me on the wrong day, and I'm really upset by uh, a landlord trying to collect during this this time period, and uh, we just need to all catch ourselves. Um, I I would tell you my number one priority is uh, keeping an eye on the most critical, challenged, uh, financially, uh, hourly employees, Mm. because... uh, through all this, you know, all, all many operators run their businesses as an extension of their family. And I'll give you an example. We just we just gave grocery bags full of food and essentials to uh, our hourly team members at each restaurant, and they were just overjoyed with gratitude and, and thanking uh, the restaurant group. And it, it just was such a rewarding time to, you know, let them know we're here for them and that we care about them. And uh, it's those small touches that we got to continue to do to keep our teams together. Uh, so my hope is that we're looking out after each other and uh, surviving this together. Uh, I, I 
hope that each restaurant out there can bring their former teams together and, and continue to go forward. Love that, man. You know, you touched on something. I'm glad you mentioned this. Family. One of the reasons that people love independent restaurants, and I'm one of them for this reason of many, is that y'all treat your teams like family. And that is not that is not something that scales up across thousands of locations. Um, not in the way that y'all do it. And I think that's so meaningful and it's so important and so valuable and it's so immeasurable. And one of the things I really find interesting is these large organizations, they, they eventually, and I guess you kind of have to do this when you get to a certain point. Um, but you know, there's big data and there's small wisdom and big data takes over when you get to a certain point. Small wisdom is what y'all operate by and, um, wisdom, care, thought, intention, love, joy, warmth. Those are things you can't measure, but boy, the consumer can. And they don't do the calculus in, in, in any black and white way. It's just a feeling. It's a why they. It's 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 why they love what y'all do. And I think it's so important. I mean, you you look at some of the big banks right now, and you look at how through this PPP process is starting to come out. Allegedly, I'll say. Uh, that they favored their larger customers. You know, they stacked the loans based on the largest customers and the largest loan amount because they get a fee from that. That's that's data. That's something that some CFO can measure, okay? Boy, you cannot measure the backlash they're getting ready to get from, they're starting and will get from that. You can't measure how many customers won't ever do business with them because of that or how many will leave because of that. And that's... uh, a really myopic way to look at things, I think. So I love the way you operate, Ray. I've always loved your passion for the industry and for your people. I really appreciate the time, and I know anybody listening does as well. And um, just thanks, man. And, you know, you know where I am if I can do anything for you, uh, always. Sounds great. Uh, And we really appreciate the support that you guys have always given us. And your tools are fantastic. So my staff thanks you as well. Oh, man, tell everybody hello. And I know I've spoken to a few of your team members before, and the ones I haven't, just tell them uh, we love them, we're here for them, and uh, we appreciate everything. And we'll, uh, well, I'll tell you this, my friend, I've been talking about coming to Tahoe since I watched the movie Hot Dog when I was a kid. And uh, I love snow skiing, as you know, and it has been on my bucket list. And I can, I'm going to start checking off my bucket list more rapidly once this uh, clears through. Buddy, good, so good, I, buddy. I will. I will finally get a chance to meet you and uh, and have a coffee. Have that coffee with you in person, man. I'm looking forward to it one day. Sounds great. Look forward to it, Will. All right. See you, Ray. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks a ton. All right. Bye.